Hi everyone, um, welcome to another episode of Conversations with the Balo Smith and this is episode 3. Welcome back, uh, we'll be answering some questions in episode 3 from past um, user questions and we'll also talk a little bit about relationships as well and I have with me Anwar as Hello. usual. Hi. My co-star. <laughs> How do you feel, You're so Anwar? funny. How do you feel? Um, gutted that um, I had to go to work instead of going to protest against the baby. The big orange baby. With a mobile phone. With a mobile phone constantly on Twitter. Yes. So... Yeah, so today anyway. was the London protest against Trump and we couldn't go because Anwar was at work and I had uh, family engagements all day. Really, really gutted, but and it you is had, what it is. You, you went to the graduation as... Muhammad says it. I went to Muhammad's graduation. He calls it graduation. <laughs> And Sakina, our daughter, had a school assembly celebrating her birthday. Not her personal birthday, but, you know, all the August babies are having had a special school assembly for that. So she was one of them. So I had to attend that and school picnics and whatnot. And that was my day done. But anyway, it is what it is. You've got to say, though, that the joy that you saw on those kids' face is worth missing a thousand protests against Trump. Yes. You're right. You're right. And uh, sometimes it's a matter of prioritizing, right? Absolutely. Like, <laughs> protests and family are really, comes really, first. Absolutely. And anyway. I think taking care of your family in itself is a kind of protest against the tyranny of this current uh, administration misogynics yeah and separating families and whatever that's also a form of pro uh, well being together with my family and taking care of my family is also a form of protest so yes still gutted that we missed still it. gutted but I'm happy that the kids are happy and all is well all is well anyway enough of that enough of that so um after we did our last uh, podcast, we had a few questions that we'd kind of like to answer to the best of our abilities. And one question came from, I won't say the person's name, but a lady um, kind of had this question where um, she's kind of, she kind of has a love-hate relationship with social media. Uh, she's been going through depression after I talked about mental health she's been going through depression and uh, so and every time she's on social media um, it kind of makes her depression slightly worse however she says that that's where her friends are and when she's connected with her friends it also helps her depression so it's kind of like a double-edged sword and her question is how do you maintain um, a connection with friends outside of social media? And my, I'd like to add something slight there, is how do you maintain uh, good mental health with social media? And Anwar, because you are a really, really active user of social media, um, would you like to go ahead and answer I, that? I, I, I remember a long time ago you said something towards Facebook was created for people like me. And I, I still find <laughs> it extremely funny. Yeah. Why did you say that? Because, I mean, goodness, you're on it all <laughs> the time. Is that why? Or because of I'm effective when I'm on it? Yeah, yes, you are, obviously. You've used social media. You've used Facebook, per se, for a lot of good. Um, and I'm very proud of that. And uh, so you're not there to just blah, blah, blah. 
you're not there to be like Trump. God, are we going back to Trump? Let's not go back to Let's Trump, okay? To Let's Trump. not go back to Trump. Um, so how would you answer that question? Um, I think people sometimes um, go on social media without um, having a reason except because it's there, people do it, and they join in. And suddenly they find themselves um, disliking what they see. Um, the people that post things on social media will post things to um, highlight what's happening in in their lives some like to post uh, mainly people will post good things about what's happening within their lives so if you are going on a social media for example on Facebook just to uh, see what other people are doing you know because there are those people that will never post anything yet they're there all the time and when you look at these posts of people having a good time, whether they are on holiday or they've just bought a new car or they're in a relationship and so forth. If it makes you feel bad, then you need to ask yourself, why are you coming on social media? Because you're always going to see those kind of things. Are you one of those people that joined in just because you are following the mass, you never post anything. Yet when people post things, they make you feel bad, which is natural if um, you see other people having good time and you're not. It's bound to make you feel, why not me? So I think you've said this before, it's a, a double-edged sword. It's a difficult one, and uh, for people that are going through that kind of situation, it's uh, it's one of those things that you can't say um, stop because you still want to know what's going on, and you'll find people suddenly they have uh, disappeared, and then they come back because they can't stay away. <laughs> it's a funny situation um, and also um, some people come and complain that why are you posting everything about your life but that's what but democracy that's, is and, right? and it's a social media people if if they don't post then we might as well shut it down because mm. otherwise what's what's the purpose of I having mean, that's what democracy is right that's why some people just post cat videos all day long and some people post pictures of them and their boo and some people post political po god that's me political posts all day long um religious posts religious posts all day long that's part of the diversity of opinion and part of the diversity of personalities and social media captures that but specifically in terms of mental health, because that's where she was coming from, I would say that, like you said, uh, you have to kind of figure out what your purpose is um, for going on social media. Mm -hmm. And I get like that. I, I sometimes get overwhelmed by social media. And when I feel like I'm just overwhelmed, take a break. <clears throat> I just automatically take a break. I I'm not one of those people who say, Bye-bye, everyone. <laughs> I'm deactivating for the next, you know, year and whatever. Please find me at this and this other alternative no. number or whatever. I, I, just, I just switch it switch off. If I know myself. Like, when I'm fed up, when I feel like I'm overwhelmed, there's just too much chattering in my mind, I just simply log out. And sometimes if I need to delete the app from my phone, I'll delete the app. And once I feel better again, I come back. I come back. It's just like 
any other thing in life. You know, when you feel like you need a change, you need a break, you just do it. Mm-hmm. You don't need to make a big hoo-ha about it because the big hoo-ha actually makes everything so much more dramatic than it needs to be. Also, number two, um, I would say that if you want to keep in touch with your friends, and social media is the best way of keeping in touch with your friends, but you want to block out all this other chattering negativity, whatever, the brilliant thing about social media is you choose what you want to see. So go ahead and unlike, unfriend, block whatever needs to be done to clean up your own personal space on your phone or on your laptop or whatever and personalize it make it an environment that um enhances your well-being and gives you comfort and gives you peace and comfort and uh, if anything makes you feel happy so if you're into cat videos how about you just subscribe to cat videos or just be friends with people who like cat videos mm. and just do away with everything else. Because honestly, life is too short to, you know, keep up with uh, crap that you don't need to really have in your life. Um, um, yes. And also you could just um, use uh communication apps like messenger or whatsapp to get in touch with the people uh that you want to communicate with without having to see their um whole life status updates mm. i i i wonder though um f- you make friends on facebook sometimes with people that you don't even know right um th- how genuine is this friendship Sometimes I, uh, I ask myself, for instance, you'd see that when you stay away from social media altogether, people tend to forget you. Yeah. And you would wonder, um, all this time that you've been away, no one, no one, absolutely, maybe one, Mm-hmm. or two tried to look for you mm-hmm. and inboxed you and asked you how are you mm-hmm. but majority of the people that you interact with as soon as you go off the radar you're out of their mind and um and then suddenly you reappear and you become friends again so i see sometimes people would make a post and say guys I was away for us for us uh, a long time. No one bothered to ask for me, and I, th- I tell myself, "What did you expect?" You know, um, that's how it is. Unfortunately, um, it's whoever is out there posting is more likely to stay on people's mind while he or she is posting, and by the time you disappear, you also disappear from their thoughts that's how it Are is you talking about people who actually don't post very much and then they go offline I, i'm talking generally if you post stuff then you're bound to uh, uh be remembered and if you don't post for a long time you will be forgotten that's how it is you just think about some of the people that you used to see online for a very uh, long duration of time and you will get in touch with them and you will inbox them or you will chat with them and yeah. by the time if they decide to take a break and then you don't see them or you don't have a continuous conversation with them or there was nothing to talk about with them you tend to forget about them yeah until they reappear and then say oh hi how have you been yeah so but- I think that's just the nature of virtual friendships. Um, mm-hmm. Facebook has definitely changed the what what being a friend means. Yeah, and so we just have to kind of uh, go with the flow yeah, and embrace. It it yeah, the nature of you know the twenty first century definition of what friendship is. And I is. I wouldn't um, 
be offended if nobody uh, asked about me or how how I how I was or where I have I have I have been. So don't take it personal. You know that's how it is. You know people come come on social media to interact, and mostly they will interact with the people that they can see that are taking part or yeah. on the yeah. interactions. Definitely. I mean, there's nothing wrong by staying mute. You don't have to post anything yeah. if you don't have to post anything. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you're out there, you just be prepared. There's a lot of things that are going to pop up, things that will make you feel good and things that will make yeah. you feel bad. Yeah, I think That's just so kind much. of like have... Uh, a very healthy set of expectations when it comes to social media and um yeah um i think also question the assumptions that you make of things that you see on social media because as far as the virtual life goes anything goes i mean God, talk about fake news. Any anything goes. <laughs> Let's not go back to Trump. Tangerine man. Um. <laughs> anyway, if you're wondering why you can't hear any noise background, the noise children are today. asleep. It's almost midnight. <laughs> yeah. Joy to the world. Um. Yeah. Okay. Can we go on to the next question? Because we've. Just spent quite a lot of time on this question the next question was um this question came from a single mother who's newly uh, separated uh comes from a fairly close-knit kind of community has a very active young child who there were she was at a function at some point and you know when it comes to close-knit communities everyone thinks that they have an opinion on how a child should behave or how you should behave as a parent and whatever so the child was running around and whatever and she got these kind of very unsolicited pieces of advice and opinion and those looks of like why can't you try and be a certain way with your child and whatever and she got quite offended by it and so her question was how do you block out these aunties <laughs> for lack of a better word how do you block out these aunties and just you know concentrate on you and just move on with your life without really being offended because people are always going to have an opinion how do you just brush it off? How do you do that, Anwar? Because you are very good at that. The the situation is difficult one because um, everyone ha has their own ways of raising their children, mm -hmm. and when you are in a situation on a gathering of different people, everybody, like you say, would like to put their opinions across um it's not i think it's not nice to tell people how they should raise their children even if um it's uh on a situation where you think the child has misbehaved um one most important thing is how to communicate that across with that person whose child has misbehaved telling him or her off in front of other people that's a no-no yeah don't even go there because you're not going to make things any better you're just putting that person on the defensive isn't it exactly exactly um and for that if that happens at, uh, at any uh, given point and time that someone tells you off in front of other people on how to raise your own child I honestly don't have an, the correct answer. Either way you decide to do, as the parent, you'll be right. Whether you're going to just ignore and move away or you're going to stand your ground and tell that person off, 
depends on what kind of a person you are. Um, I think it depends on what, how much energy do you have. <laughs> yes, that's how, what kind of a person you are. I mean, some people have a lot of energy to stand their ground and some people think, you know what, it's not worth it. I'm just going to move away from this scenario and move on with my yeah with with my uh, parenthood um the the question here is you're now in your own home what's the best way to raise a child the child that is this another question no it's it's the same 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 kind of uh, scenario i mean the one in front in front of many people i i don't know which i don't know which one is the best way to to uh to react whether like i say whether to stand your ground and say you will not tell me how to raise my child or walk away you know i don't know i think it's important to kind of dig a bit further into this um so we've got a diversity of listeners I would think we've got a diversity of listeners. So where we come from, our communities tend to be quite tight-knit and there's this whole kind of uh, showing reverence to elders or auntie figures. Um, and in other other societies that are more liberal, more modern, there there isn't that hierarchy, so to speak, between youngsters and older people so you're pretty much all on the same level and opinions are all on the same level whereas in our kind of society that is more traditional the elders or people who are older than you tend to have like almost a final say and you're supposed to respect them and never answer back and so I think that's why this question is so difficult because you're never supposed to answer back an elder at all because it's it shows like a, high, a very high level of disrespect so i think in that opinion uh in that case i personally would probably just kind of smile and maybe nod my head but do what i please and also i think it depends on the actual person situation the scenario of what has the child done and also, it depends on the tone of the person that has come to try and correct you or your parenthood also it, it, th- those things those two things I think also um, matters a lot for you to make a decision that you think it's fitting for that situation so for instance, if that person came in in a really good tone, then obviously you could sit down and discuss and you know yeah. but if it was uh, just someone who's just throwing their weight around, then honestly, you don't really need to sit there and kind of shake in anger. Yeah, and sometimes whatever. it could be somebody trying to embarrass you in front of other people, and, and, and sometimes it could be someone who is really concerned. So it, 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 it depends on the actual yeah. situation. The, the most important thing is not to give your power away. Um, and what I mean by this is. Um, don't show that person that you're angry or you're embarrassed or that that whatever they said has had a negative effect on you never give your power away as much try as much as possible um you don't have any control of what other people will say or think but you have control over your reaction so kind of stand in your own power and in your own grace if you have to smile and walk away do that and just move along because people will always have an opinion and you just have to kind of block things out if you think that they are unhealthy oh all right should we move on to the third question and then move on to um I actually before you you asked me to come back to this i was trying to get you to to talk about um i think power maybe is the also a, a word that I, I could use the power I in terms between a parent and a child is the child your possession 
we talking about this question or have we no, jumped to no, something else? No, we've jumped else? to something else, but I think it's something very no. interesting to what? talk about. Wait, what's the question again? Do you own the child? No. No. You don't own the child. You don't own the child. I really don't believe that you own your your child. Your I believe that your child was handed to you as a guardian of, you know, of their childhood. But that's it. What's your responsibility towards that child? To provide a safe environment that um encourages growth the child comes from school one day and she or he throws a tantrum and uh, says or does something terrible mm. that probably you would think that that child deserves uh, <laughs> a smack do you have a smack as an s m a c k yeah okay so what would you do in that like if a child has a ta- a big tantrum oh yeah misbehaves basically and uh, how would you react mm-hmm. as a parent mm. um obviously no one is going to trigger you more than your own child that's just a fact um so i think the the default kind of reaction that a lot of parents take is just to kind of like react literally react to what that child is doing in order to push that uncomfortable feeling away so maybe if the child is throwing themselves on the floor you would shout and the reason why you shout is so that you can make them stop because they're triggering you and it's kind of ironical because you're telling them to keep quiet but you're also shouting as much as they are or possibly <laughs> worse that's parenthood and that's just how it is and I have my moments too. I'm sure we all have our moments as parents. One book that I was I think we can't finish this conversation without mentioning Dr. Shifal. Go ahead. I was going to say that before you interjected. No, because I I knew where you were going when you mentioned the one word one book. One book that was a game changer is Conscious Parenting by Dr. Shifali Sabari. Sabari starts with a T. T S um so it talks about treating the child as his or her own person and really reacting to the child in a positive way that encourages growth and um mutual respect so there isn't you stop with the power play and just really react uh, um have this relationship uh child parent relationship where you respect one another I can't go into details because we just don't have the time for that. Yeah. But the book is excellent. It's called Conscious Parenting. Can we go on to question number three? Yes, we can. And uh, just to finish on this subject, I was um, that's exactly what I wanted us to talk about this issue because I will, I wanted you to mention about this book and how we recommend people to go and uh, read this book. Yeah. What was question number 3? Question number 3 is how do you maintain your own individuality when you come from a tight-knit family? And oh. that doesn't necessarily mean uh, individuality means that maybe you share maybe you've come to develop a a, a different set of beliefs from mm-hmm. your immediate family. Mm-hmm. And, but at the same time you love your family so much and of course you wouldn't want to cause any pain or conflict so how do you maintain individuality in a tight knit family that doesn't necessarily share your beliefs or views um that's a really good one i think the first number one key here is um whether you have an authentic 
um, belief or faith between you and I think here we are talking about mainly religion, right? It could be anything, but I think this one was coming from a place of religion. Okay. So but it I think re- it could be anything. Maybe you come from a family that is progressive and then all of a sudden you be- you believe that conservatives need to be in government. Gosh, <laughs> I'm talking about politics again. I'm so sorry. Um, I think we need to finish this because otherwise it will be too long. We've already finished. We've already been on yeah. it for over 20 minutes. But anyway, to finish the question quickly, I think um, personally, I think it's it's uh, about faith, and faith is between you and God, um, or whoever you believe in. To, yeah, whoever you believe in. Y- yes. So. Let's let's just make it simple and say it's between you and God, um, and how authentic that relationship is, and obviously to um, worship God, you need to know God, and to know God, you need to um, learn a lot about God, and God has. Um, scriptures that you need to read and understand them fully to be able to know God so that you can worship God. Once you've covered that base, uh, then you need to understand yourself. What do you want between the relationship between you and God? When it comes to other people now, there are different um ways of interpretations of faith that um, has been passed on generation after generation and your your close family um, would want you also to be in that position where you practice as they do and if you deviate a little bit or you have your own um, ways of understanding, they, then there might be a problem whereby they might think you are not following what you're supposed to follow. Um, so there's, there's that. But I, I think, first of all, you need to know yourself first and then the, the relationship between you and God and you can't do that without uh, understanding the scriptures and, and, and reading them thoroughly to understand the translations and to understand what God requires or you're expected to, to do. What I would say to that, thank you, Anwar, for you're that. You're welcome. Um, uh, I, I can add something to that. And what I would say to that is that usually... Uh, I think of, I I don't, I think of God as almost like as a way of being at peace with yourself, right? And I know this is, it sounds a bit too vague and abstract and whatever, but you know that you have really a, a strong sense of connectedness to a power that is higher than yours when you are able to be compassionate and kind and empathetic to your fellow human beings including your own family so uh, I think sometimes we get a bit too militant with this whole thing of um religion or spirituality all that um when really it really boils down to what kind of relationship do you have to your fellow human being because there's no point of being this you know like maybe staunch muslim or staunch christian or staunch jew or staunch atheist if you just you know you um you repel your fellow human being the sign of someone who really is at peace with themselves is 
how much at peace they are with others. And being at peace doesn't necessarily mean when things are good, we're holding hands and singing Kumbaya together. But even in times of turmoil, how much are you at peace with others? How much are you empathetic? How much are you compassionate with others? And to me, that's a direct translation to your own level of godliness or your own level of peace within your own self. I hope that makes sense. Another thing is this whole thing of forcing salvation down other people's throats. You can't do that. In Islam, there's there's a verse that says, uh, and there's no compulsion in religion. And I really feel that this is something that's universal, can can be applied to different uh, religions as well, and um, different scenarios. You just can't force people to adopt your own set of beliefs and you can't force people to be saved but according to your own terms um, I don't think that that's salvation and I think that's you know the very definition of irony can I pick something on that when you say your own terms do you mean let me just give you an example God has some um, commandments, for example. Yeah. You shall not drink alcohol, for example. Yeah. Right? You shall not fornicate, for example. You shall not steal. You shall not kill and and so forth. Yeah, those are uh, Judeo-Christian Muslim commandments, okay? Mostly. So... Let's say you pick one of those. You let's say you 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 drink alcohol, right? Yeah. You're a Muslim. You drink alcohol. Um, if a member of your family tells you off, yeah, and says you can't do that, yeah, where does this individuality comes in within this scenario? where now you have a member of your family telling you that uh, it's against the religion to drink alcohol and you want to um, have your own way of understanding the religion and God and individuality and yet you are not following something that's um, clearly being restricted or prohibited yeah. in in the religion so where do where would you stand as an individual in a situation like that well i would say that um we're all in different levels in faith and i don't think that one is necessarily higher than the other because there's a lot of pe- there goodness there are a lot of people who go to the mosque five times a day, who spend their nights in the mosque, who read the Quran day in, day out, but man, are they poison to their own families. They Mm -hmm. are mean, selfish, you know, like little Hitlers running around causing nothing but grief. And so there's just varying levels. And who are we to say that, well, you need to, like, clean up your act and whatever. The only thing we can do is to kind of gently remind each other. And like I said, I really, really believe that um, someone who has a very high level, a, a very kind of advanced level of iman or faith or godliness or self-actualization self-awareness is someone who is able to treat his fellow human being with kindness and compassion that's my interpretation so the only thing we can do is just to kind of even if you see something let's say if i see something in a in in another muslim that goes against the um what's prescribed in the quran the only thing I can do is to just gently remind 
and speak in a way that I would want to be spoken to because I have my own set of sins. And just because that I people don't see my sins doesn't necessarily mean that they're not there. It just means that I'm better at concealing them from public. Yes. So there you are. I think I couldn't have answered it any better myself. Um, one, one thing that um, we tend to forget is that as human beings, we see other people's mistake quite clearly than mm-hmm. than we see our own. And sometimes um, when it comes to um, other people outside your family, you tend to see those ones even more, more clear than your own. Um, we forget that um, every... Um, Everyone makes mistakes, and uh, the best of of us is the the one who um, repents and worships God uh, in in a in a way that is in honesty and authenticity between that one person and God Himself, without. Uh, bearing in mind other people around that person. Um, I'm saying this because we, like you mentioned earlier on about all these people that are going to mosques and and uh, praying in front of other people and uh, giving um, charity in, uh, and lecturing. Yeah, and, and lecturing others. And yet when they are within their their closed doors or within their own homes. homes. Um, yeah, <laughs> you mentioned Hitler uh, there, and it's true. Yeah, there are pe- there are people like that, and and that's uh, hypocrisy. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I I think we just have to kind of be self-aware, very much self-aware. We should uh, be very introspective. We should hold ourselves accountable more than we hold other people accountable. Mm -hmm. Um, Because ultimately, uh, I believe, I mean, I believe in the day of judgment, but I, and so going from that, like at the day, in the day of judgment, God's not going to ask me like, hey, Leila, do you mind telling me what Anwar did on this and this day or like how many sins he had in his lifetime? The only person I will, I'll, going to be accountable for is myself no Mm. one else so i should worry about myself more Mm. than i worry about others so that's that god we have really gone over our time and you know what we were supposed to talk about five characteristics of um you would prefer or you think a husband should have and i was supposed to say talk about five characteristics of uh of a wife. Well, that was which the, the I think aim of the podcast the, today. Yeah, that was the aim of the <laughs> post- podcast today, but I don't think we are going to talk about that. Well, so. Can we just, because I've already titled this podcast, can we just briefly mention it and then we'll probably ask mention for user what? comments. So we're talking about what are some of, what are the five characteristics that you f- think are most important in a wife? Mm. And for me, in a husband, and I told you that in a husband, number one, honesty mm-hmm. is paramount to me. Um, I'd, I'd rather have someone who can be real and honest with me mm-hmm. than just um, maybe a bit funny and whatever, but really not honesty. I just, yeah, I need someone who is honest. Um, number two, a sense of humor Oh my God, that is so important because humor really helps you sail over rough seas in your relationship. And I think humor is what carries you through the other side. Um, And it's good to have someone who doesn't take himself so seriously anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, Number three, really attracted to intelligence. (laughs) Really attracted to intelligence. Um... I, I like someone 
Uh, when I t- say intelligence, it's not necessarily someone who's been, you know, s- who has a PhD or why, reads why, a ton why of why books. Why sensing a smile on that? Because I am smiling. Okay, all right. Um, let's, go, let's go to the <laughs> next one. Yeah, so intelligence to me means um, more than just psychological, mental intelligence. Intelligence to me means emotional intelligence. Someone who is self-aware uh, emotionally, social intelligence, someone who is able to interact with the social uh, environment in a way that is positive, um, spiritual intelligence, someone who is um, who believes in a higher power and is guided by those truths. Um, was that number three? Yeah. Number three. Uh, number four, someone with a sense of purpose in life. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes him get up in the morning, what makes him sleep at night, what makes him, what gives him hope, what gives him drive to see another day. And um, And purpose other than himself. Yeah, purpose other than himself. Mm. And number five, kindness, kindness, big one. Not, Not just kindness to me but kindness to himself because when he is kind to himself that means he's more likely to be kind to me kindness also to the people who don't necessarily have nothing to offer him mm-hmm. kindness to people who are below him i am so attracted to kindness i think this is why i married you Anwar. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your five qualities in a wife you know the f- the 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 lady who asked about social media, she said something about, I really like your podcast because it's so organic. Yeah, <laughs> and we like I, organic. Yeah, that was really cool thing to say. Thank you. Um, so the five characteristics that are important, mm-hmm. you know, you know, I think all these five characteristics that you've mentioned I think they go both ways for both wife and husband but anyway yeah. Yeah. so for me I think number one, number one is loyalty uh-huh. I, I think with loyalty you can have a, a long lasting relationship if we both are loyal to each other so that's uh, very very important for me and um the sense of family is also a very important f- for a wife or a husband to have where you both um appreciate each other's family mm-hmm. and um you have a a good bond and relationship mm-hmm. with them number 3 I think um, mutual respect is extremely important uh, for both, I think, wife and husband. Uh, I think I, I, I prefer to put it that way because it's never one-sided. It, it has to be on both sides. Without respect, then I think, um, should I say without mutual respect, mm-hmm. then I think that... Uh, marriage is bound to go downhill or a relationship or a relationship yeah that that relationship is bound to uh, to go in tatters mm-hmm. for sure and and with 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 respect i i don't mean all all obedience like uh, a, a husband comes in the house and the wife is bowing down bringing in water in a bucket washing his feet and no no not not at all i i i mean respect as in you talk to each other with dignity yeah and uh you don't talk down or yeah yeah, or you know it's very important and uh, yeah um i think also that was really number four was that four I think that was four. Yeah, and I think um, f- a wife or a husband... You're talking about a wife. Okay, all right. Has to love life. 
and uh, have dreams and uh, be excited about be passionate about life and be excited about I said also and 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 love and passionate love making <laughs> <laughs> passionately with enthusiasm oh, uh, I think that's extremely important yeah gosh yeah i don't know why i thought of passion fruit that food it's <laughs> so expensive in the uk it's unbelievable it's exotic it's exotic is passionate love making exotic yeah <laughs> it's so funny that's yeah right i think we've exceeded we've far exceeded our um, time let's try and we're gonna try Apo- and i apologize for we're that. sorry guys we're really really sorry if you want the future podcast to be shorter than this by all means chime in and tell us um your feedback is very important to us um and thank you so much for god thank you so much for hanging out with us and for staying this Blame long trump. yes <laughs> blame trump for everything that goes wrong in this world why not um thank you very much for hanging out with us and for staying this long with us and for supporting us and for listening to us we welcome any of your comments questions let us know what you'd like us to talk about next what you would possibly like if you want to see any changes in the podcast we welcome any uh, comments about that. Constructive criticism is what I call it. Mm. Um, we're going to try and get guests in future podcasts. Mm. So if you want to be a guest on the podcast, please let us know. If you think that we could talk to someone interesting that you know, please also let us know and um, keep us in touch. Stay healthy. Stay healthy. Stay in love with life. Keep protesting against any injustices. Definitely. <laughs> Apps are flipping lootly. Yeah, and um, we'll see you at the next podcast episode. Good night, everyone. Masalam. Masalam. <laughs>